How are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling? What are you guys up to? I hope you guys are enjoying the sunshine, getting vitamin D that's right outside of our doors so we don't have to take supplements. I'm kind of tired of taking my supplements every single morning, but I do what I got to do, you know? I hope everybody's enjoying that sunshine. Yesterday, when I was coming back from work, I took the long way, so I was taking the back roads, and there's this one part on, like, my drive home that it's just plain field. So all I see to my left is just, like, purple sky. It was, I don't know, I almost crashed. I'm like, well, I didn't crash. I almost, like, I was kind of drifting a little bit off the road. Hope my mom doesn't listen to this. But, yeah, it was really, really pretty. And I'm really glad that the sun is still, like, out past 8 o'clock. Because there's still a lot to do. Because, like, probably, like, a couple months ago... It would be a four o'clock and all of a sudden it's just pitch black outside. But now the days are a little bit longer, which I'm really happy for. You can still go on walks. You can still do some outside activities. Um, like even small things like eating dinner outside instead of inside. I know I've been out a lot, but not just physically outside I'm kind of like talking about not being inside the walls of my own home because I'm mainly either at three places either at school which is the majority of the week I'm either at work or I'm at the gym and speaking of the gym I got a gym membership a couple weeks ago and before getting that gym membership, I've never been to the gym before. Ever. I don't know. So the first time I went, I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of panicked beforehand going. I'm like, I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to be one of those people that are like obviously new to the gym and everybody knows they're new. So what I did... Because this was a Sunday. Uh, I got out of work early because we closed earlier. And I changed beforehand going. And so I sat in the parking lot for a little while. And I'm looking up how to not look like an idiot at the gym. This is completely true. I was like on TikTok trying to see what people are doing to like trying to set up what I'm going to do I don't want to walk in and I'm like I don't know what to do and so my plan was to like work my way up in intensity so I was kind of planning I'm gonna go on the treadmill and do like like a 10 to 15 minute like fast walk ish or like slow to fast walk you know and so that was my plan. I'll work my way up. I'll try to figure out what people are doing and just go from there. So that's my plan. So when I walk in there, I've never been into this gym before. small. And I don't see, like, the regular treadmill. 
except I'm kind of walking around and then I see this thing that looks like a treadmill. So I assumed it was a treadmill. That thing, whatever I got on was not a treadmill. I almost publicly embarrassed myself. So I, it looks, okay, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a treadmill that is like once, it's like curved up and like it's constantly moving once you're on it. It's like a fucking hamster wheel. That thing was a hamster wheel. And so I get on it and I didn't know that it immediately moved once you got on it. So I almost face planted that I had to like grab the rails before falling. And I made sure I, I went to look back to see if anybody saw that. I'm glad no one saw that. There's probably like two people in the gym, like kind of in their zone. And oh, I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave. I wanted to run, get a new identity, move to another country, all of it. I I felt embarrassed for a couple minutes, but now it's a good story to tell. But yeah. But now I'm getting I now I'm getting a handle of how the gym works how to actually do things, what the machines actually do for you. But now I'm, I'm getting it. Also, I've noticed a change in my strength. I've been going only for probably like two weeks, two, three weeks. And I'm working on my arms. And to clarify, I have no upper body strength. My arms, zero, nothing, nada. Like, I am really weak when it comes to my upper body. So recently I've been on the, this machine, I don't know what it's called, but you can adjust the weight on it and you grab like these two bars and you just pull down and go up, yeah. So basically last week I was, I was using the machine and I put the weight to 40. And I was already struggling. Like, I'm kind of like shaking. But this week, I went, well, I went like two days ago. So I this week, I upped it to 55 and that shit was easy. I knew I could have done more. I knew I could have done more. But I didn't. So I think, what, what day am I going? I'm going tomorrow. Am I going tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going tomorrow. So... Tomorrow, I think I'm going to up the weight. I, I know I can do it. And I'm going to push myself to be even stronger. That's just my goal. I want to be really, really strong and, like, kind of buff. Not, like, extremely buff, but, like, toned. That you can tell I have muscle, you know? That's my goal. I don't know when I'm going to come. Uh, hopefully, probably by the end of the summer. Is that realistic? I don't know yet fingers crossed but yeah going to the gym recently has been my new obsession the only thing I don't like about going to the gym though is seeing people okay so that gym the gym I'm going to is becoming really really popular so first I not only can I have the bragging rights to say I did it before it was popular but 
I have a really good rate. Anyways, going to that, since it's like becoming popular, I'm seeing a lot of people at school now. And I'm running into them and it is so awkward. Because we'll make eye contact and we don't want to talk to each other and we're kind of in our zone. But every now and then we'll exchange a glance and then it's just become more awkward and I just want to run. But also, I, like the other day, I saw this guy I knew at the gym and immediately I wanted to get out of there. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. But then I'm like, wait. You can't leave. Don't be a pussy. That's okay. Every time like I'm worried about something, I just, oh my God, my friend knows this. Every time I'm worried about something, I kind of just tell myself, don't be a pussy, don't be a pussy, like over and over and over again until I'm like, yeah, I got this. That's just kind of like my own pep talk. But besides that, I do love going to the gym. It's just my thing now. But anyways, that's my little rant, so (laughs) let's get into this week's episode. This week's topic didn't come to me until later in the week. I usually try to narrow down on a topic early in the week, so probably like by Tuesday, I'll have the topic ready, set, that's what I'm going to do. And so once I get like on on Tuesday, throughout the week, I can add to it when I get like fresh new perspectives. But this week, my brain was just in another headspace. So I couldn't really think about what, or I didn't know what to do. And I I have a, a list of a bunch of topics, but I just wasn't feeling them. I have to be in the right headspace for them and I have to like thought well about the subject beforehand. So I wasn't just I wasn't feeling any of them. So come Wednesday morning, I walk into my first class of the day. And that class didn't begin as usual. The class I'm taking that that day I was taking was called visual art presentation which means we present our artistic creations in front of the class. And so what we usually do is either we watch a documentary on art, create art, or present our art. Either one of the three, or we're taking notes on art, you know? And so Wednesday morning didn't consist of any of those things. We actually started with a question more specifically a moral dilemma and the question went like this well it it started with like a setup situation so you're a surgeon and one day two people are rushed into the hospital at the same exact time both are in critical condition and you can only save one you that's the rules. You can only save one, and you can't choose to not save either of them. You have to save one. And so the first person that, okay, person number one is your partner. 
And then person number two is someone you don't know. But to add some spice to the story, the second person is the person your partner cheated on you with. So there's the little spice added. So the question is, who do you choose to save? And remember, you can only save one. You can't save both. Either choose one or the other. And so the class's reaction to the question was by answering with like a motive of revenge. And I'm not going to lie, that was my motive too. I'm going to be honest. My honest answer was... My first initial answer, answer I'm going to be honest. I was going to save my partner because I'm still very I'm a very very loyal person however I would make their hospital bill extra high that was my form of revenge (laughs) I'm gonna be honest however my teacher told us after we came up with our answer to really think about what we just said and so I'm trying to see and he told us, make, try to come up with an honest and realistic answer and just take a little bit more time to think about it. So I did. And I'm trying to see the pros and cons of both sides. So even after what my partner did, there's still a level of loyalty that exists. That loyalty doesn't just evaporate and then my friend commented on how they would save their partner to get perspective on the situation they wanted their perspective before they died which I thought was a good point and then for person number two person number two never really did anything wrong your partner cheated on you not them So you can't really blame them for what they did. Because they didn't even do anything in the first place. So you can't hold a grudge against them. I don't think you probably have that right. So after thinking about it, it was harder to come to a decision. And then afterwards, my teacher led the discussion to be about temperament. And he described that temperament is basically a person's instinct or a habitual behavior. It's the first initial, our first initial nature. And he describes how you can't change your temperament. No matter how good of a person you are, no no matter how much growth you make in your life, Your temperament will not change. And then he goes on to say, We may not be able to control our temperament, but we can control the reaction decisions we make. And that conversation, that whole class discussion, just stuck with me the entire week. And after having that, discussion 
I kind of feel uncomfortable. But not the uncomfortable where you don't want to continue the conversation. It was uncomfortable where I felt like I was being called out, out of nowhere. I know the, the topic wasn't directly towards me, but something me kind of felt like it. And so when I'm in situations where I do feel uncomfortable about something, I have or feel the need to think on why it's making me uncomfortable. Because usually it's something that it, it ends up being something that probably applies to me and then it's something that I need to fix. So I'm thinking. The subject was about our reactions. And about reactions making me uncomfortable. And I love how recently stuff for me have been aligning so well. Because last week, I, I had an overreaction to something. And I didn't realize it until later in the day. It kind of takes me a hot minute to realize I'm probably overreacting. But I'll eventually realize that I am. And I have a tendency to overreact in a lot of situations. I'm also very, very dramatic. It's it's a blessing and a curse. It's a curse because it can get me in trouble. But being a little bit overdramatic and overreacting can make... It makes your storytelling so much better. I feel like I'm a really good storyteller. I'm just going to say that out there. But yeah, it takes me a little a hot minute. And I'll overreact over the smallest things. And in moments when I'm overreacting, I'll usually blow situations out of proportion. I'll hyperbolize the entire story, rant and rant on. But I'll usually do it to a close friend. I'm not like telling it to the New York Times, you know. So when I came to the conclusion that my overreaction or my tendency to overreact tied back to the discussion my teacher gave on Wednesday, which caused my feelings of being uncomfortable. So I was relieved that I figured it out. That I'm like, okay, I knew why I was feeling feeling uncomfortable. But then I was like, so what do I do now? I answered my question, but what do I do now with it? Because I know if I have an issue that I need to fix, I can't just not fix it. Because if I don't try to fix it, there's going to be situations that I'm going to overreact still. And it's going to cause me to get in some trouble. Whether it's an argument, whether I'm caring too much about something that's probably not really that important. Or leading you to regret something you did or said. So I really needed to pay attention to how I react to things. 
So I'm, I, so I'm trying to come up with things that can lead us to take control of our reaction decisions. I was trying to think of what can I do to f- make my thoughts better on these things. And I believe to start off, you need to have a certain level of patience. Because without patience, the amount of time you're going to take before proceeding with a reaction is going to be shorter. Compared if you have a higher level of patience, which can lead you to have a better reaction. And having patience as a teenager, first of all, a lot of teenagers probably, I'm not going to say everybody, but we we have probably a a very low level of patience and I think it's very very hard when you have the mentality of someone in their 20s when you're still in your teenage years let me elaborate when you matured at a younger age than your peers your patience levels can sometimes be in hell There are cases where you can be so pissed with some people that the only thing you think about is how can someone be so stupid and idiotic? And that's right there is temperament. That's the first initial nature. And that's what we can't change. We can't change the first things that pop into our minds. But the reaction that we give is what we can change. So what I'll usually do when my patience level is very, very low, I'll take a step back and have a small internal pep talk with myself. And then I'll say, okay, you and this person's maturity, maturity, damn, maturity level are at different heights. You can't blame, you can't blame them too much for having this behavior. Yes, you matured faster than this person, but you can't force others to mature because it doesn't work that way. So this is a part that you need to think what your next reaction is going to be. Because what we do and what we say is what we do have control over. So I came up with a list of how to take in mind that, that we should take in mind on how we can keep our reactions cool, calm, and controlled. So we can avoid overreacting and making better decisions for our behavior. And so the first one I talk about is thinking about the pros and cons. Take out some scratch paper, grab a pen, grab a pencil, whatever your choice, and make a t-chart. Start writing out the pros and cons of your situation or potential decision. And make sure you write a good amount, not just three on each side, you know. Make sure you have a good amount and a couple things to keep in mind. When writing out your pros and cons list, your bullet points or reasons, whatever they're called, 
make sure they're realistic. Not ideas, not potential benefits. Right facts are bound to be true when you're, if you were to make that decision. And make sure you stick to your morals and beliefs. Because it's going to benefit your own side. In which cases is very, very hard. Just like the moral dilemma example, a lot of people's natures were to get back at their partner for cheating. But we have to stick to our morals and beliefs because we can't be hypocrites. We have to stay true, true to our words. And so once we finish that little tea chart we just made, I think we should be able to come to a conclusion of what our decision is going to be. And another thing to keep in mind, if there's a side that's obviously winning by a landslide, there's going to be cases that that decision is going to hurt you and make you feel bad. But you know it's what's best for you. I know it's going to hurt for a while, but in the long run, your future self will thank you for what you did. And I know I have had to make decisions about if I want to keep certain people or let certain people stay in my life or not. And in that moment, I didn't want to have that responsibility. Because I know I would have ended up hurting some people. And it would hurt me, too. However, I've never regretted cutting those specific people out of my life. Like, I thank myself for doing that to this day. Because in the end, it brought me peace. And I'm glad I made that decision. And another one is... Another thing to to take into consideration is thinking about the perspectives involved when thinking about what your reaction is going to be. Think about or answer these questions. Who is involved? Are they important to me? How do they think? What is their mindset? What were their intentions? Are they positive? Are they negative? Do they want what's best for me? Are they giving me their honesty or are they giving me pity, sympathy? Do they seek harm? Ask all these questions, but not just towards them. Ask for other people that are involved, but also ask these towards yourself. Ask yourself these same questions. If, a, if this person is important to me, overreacting could lead to an argument. And there are cases where arguments can lead to the end of friendships and relationships. And we don't want that. But I feel like it should be emphasized that you should take your time when coming to a decision that you're going on how you're going to react. 
Of course you can't take a million years to decide what you're going to do or say, but you also can't rush it either. Do what's going to make you feel confident in what you're going to do or say. And the last one is taking into consideration of how important this is. Asking questions like, is this going to matter in a week from now, a month from now, a year, five, ten years? Am I going to think about this before I die? And if the answer is no, maybe taking into consideration how much you're going to react my coworker always reminds me of this. I have like a tendency to hyperfixate and I always tell my coworkers stories at work about what's going on with my life. And so when I'm telling them usually a story of what's going on, I'm usually hyperfixating on what's going on. And then so they'll make sure to tell me to con- consider the actual importance of what's going on and then my coworker will always say (laughs) she's like remember why I always say mind over matter if I don't mind it doesn't matter and so that's just kind of our thing and that kind of just stuck with me it's a good thing to keep in mind when approaching things And I think when you take all these pieces into consideration, your chances of overreacting will decrease. You'll get better at self-control. And the reaction or decision you will proceed with will benefit you more. And at the end of the day, is what you do and what you say that's going to impact you and your relationships with people. You don't, we don't want something, we don't want to do something that we will regret later in life. And I know in life everyone will do something or say something they'll regret or also regret on not saying something or not doing something as well. I know I've had my moments where I regretted doing or saying something and wishing to go back and redo them. And I know I can't do that. None of us can. But maybe taking a little bit more time to think about what we're going to say or what we're going to do can lower our regrets. And maybe can bring us a little bit more peace and happiness into our lives. But it's just a little food for thought, you know. And so I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. And I'll be back next week for another one. Bye.